when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of From Hostage to Hero, Sari Delamont, the attorney whisperer with you today on video. You get to see me on video with my my post-cancer hair. And um, today is the day of my last cancer treatment. So that's very exciting, but it's also very exciting to be here with our brand new mindset coach, Cydia Gutierrez. And we're going to be chatting about all sorts of things. Welcome Cydia to the podcast. Thank you so much. Sorry. I'm so excited to be here and to join H2H officially. Yeah. So we, uh, had coach June join us last, last year in early 2021. And now you joined us here in early 2022. Tell us a little bit about how you came to H2H in the first place. You know, I was one of those lucky people who somehow got one of those magic emails that said, come lean into the pause at the beginning of 2020, at the beginning of this whole pandemic thing that we got going on. And I was like, I, I don't even remember what listserv it was or anything. I was like, well, this sounds interesting. Sure. Cause everybody and their mom was offering some sort of training, like, oh my God, you're at home. Everybody do all the things. <laughs> That's right. And so I was in a class. While making like, sourdough bread and doing all the other things. Yeah. Yeah. And, but in legal, it was like, come learn about this. Look, this spine doctor's talking about this. Come look about the brain, come do all these things. And so it was in that mix. And I just remember being like, okay, well, yeah, sure. I'll check this out. And I loved what you were talking about because it was really such a period of time for reflection I think not only for us you know as people but in the legal field a lot of us were going go 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 and then we all had to stop because the world stopped and so mm -hmm. you gave us this opportunity to really lean into that process what was going on there and from there that's kind of where you started hey we're gonna we're gonna have this membership make sure you sign up and I was like I'm all in I'm like all all of these things and I hadn't really um hadn't even heard of you until that point really to be honest and uh then I I joined your email list I started listening to the podcast and uh became like a super fan girl and <laughs> A super tender. You're all of the events. You were one of our founders. Yeah, it was great. It was a it was a terrible time in terms of pandemic. It was a great time to actually lean into the legal community as well, having you lean into us. And my assistant Christy was always saying we, we should do something like a membership. And I thought, can we do what we do online? Is that even possible? And the pandemic really showed that it was. What I love about your journey, you know, this is coming, is that you were like an anti, I don't know if it would be anti, I'm going to let you describe it, but like you thought life coaching or what we call mindset coaching was a bunch of bullshit. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. I thought it was total bullshit. <laughs> Talk and... to me about why. Because I think there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast or maybe now listen to it, but who started listening and was like, what is this bullshit? And now they're buying into it. But why do you think that is? And kind of tell us a little bit about your journey there. I, I think part of that had to do with me just being, being an attorney and being a little bit more cynical than the average bear, because that's how, how attorneys are trained, right? We get that negativity bias uh, ingrained in us even further when we go to law school. But I think part of it for me was uh, I love self-help. 
and I love reading all these books about self-improvement and doing all these things. And so I was in this membership and there were, um, there were always coaches coming around to speak and they, they can't sell to you from the stage, but they would give you like a free discovery call and, you know, we'll help you out with whatever. And so I would do these calls and none of them could sell me. Nobody could close me. I was like, mm. nope, nope, nope. And I just didn't, I didn't see what they were doing. I was like, mm, I could probably figure it out on my own. Mm, I don't know. Just super skeptical about it. And I really resisted it, but there was something about how, how you approached it with how giving you are with all of the information that you give, uh, that I was like, yeah, you know what? Sure. And going through and kind of experiencing, uh, what H you know, before it was HUH, what the pause was offering and mm -hmm. then doing a sample session with Kevin, it was like, oh, this is fantastic. This is, mm. this is completely transformational. And just, I want, I want more of this. People get paid to do this. Like, tell yeah. me more. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the, the, the funny thing is I, I think we, that life coaches do have a bad name. And I know I will say, because it's deserved in many cases, right. As you point out, I don't mean to, to malign, you know, mindset coaching. I went to, to go get, take a coaching class. I just thought, oh, I should have some coaching skills under my belt, you know, for the kinds of things that I'm doing. Obviously I went all the way, got certified, did the whole program. Cause it was such a great program, but the, the program that both you and I are, are trained in coactive coaching is so different. I think, because most people think about coaching as someone giving you advice and telling you what to do. I remember when I was, um, meeting with one of my clients and I said, what do you think my role is? And she said, well, you tell me what to do. And then I get in trouble when I don't do it. <laughs> and I said, nope, that's not what it is. Tell, tell our listeners how at least the coaching that you and I are trained in, how it is different and is not problem solving. It is not problem solving at all. I think the biggest thing is that you talk about it all the time is one of the cornerstones of our training is everyone's naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. Mm, and mm -hmm. that principle just, oh, it speaks to me so much because it it is giving everybody that freedom of you've got the answers to live your own life. How presumptuous would it be if I came in and was like, here, let me tell you how to do all the things. It's like, that's, that's not what it is. You're going to know what's best for you. And I want to help you find that, that resonant choice, that resonant decision. You know, I might be able to throw out a structure that works for you, for you to remember some value you want to uphold or some saboteur you want to get rid of. Uh, but if, if it's just something I threw at you and you didn't really want it, it's not going to be effective. And right. I think really that's what it comes down to with this type of coaching. It's not, we have all the answers. It's no, you have all the answers, but you might be stuck in what you're thinking or unable to get out of that, that tunnel vision. And we're here to help you just nudge you in, in a direction that you actually already want to go in. That's exactly right. I, we just came out of a training, you and I, that I did for the H2H crew, where we talked about how, you know, from the moment we're born, we are passively, uh, what's the word, conditioned to what we believe and what we value through education and through our parents and through our friends and through our church and all the things. And most people never check that, right? These, these things have been passively conditioned in our lives. And we never stop and go, wait a minute, do I actually believe that thing? Wait a minute. Do I actually want to believe it? Maybe I do, but do I still want to continue to believe that thing? And that's where I think the power of coaching is, is that it really 
helps you become, as we say at H2H, a better observer of yourself. I think it's so funny. How do I, you need to get to know yourself. People are like, don't I know myself? No, I don't think so. I mean, our brain is wired for scarcity, for fear and, and to keep us safe. And so we just keep doing the same things over and over again that we are conditioned to do until you get with a great coach who says, well, wait a minute, you know, let's get to know who you are and why yeah. you're making the decisions that you're making. And then ask ourselves, do you want to keep making those decisions? And, and it, it's such a powerful thing that happens. Cause I just remember, you know, being in that actual lockdown and rediscovering creativity. And that mm. for me was something I had suppressed so much. And I remember being on a coaching call with Kevin and just being like, I don't want to go back to this other life. I don't want to go back to a lawyer life where I can't be creative. And that was such a huge fear for me. And mm -hmm. yeah, maybe I could have worked it out in therapy, but I don't think it would have been the same because mm. it wouldn't have pushed me. Cause I think that's the difference, right? You're trying yes. to also evoke transformation. He, he pushed me and challenged me, you know, yeah, do your own creativity, do that podcast, get it launched in 30 days. And they, they were big things but they pushed me and they also kept me in that creative space that I really, really desperately wanted to stay in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and for those people who don't know who Kevin is, that's coach K and here at H2H and in the sorry DLM world, I also happen to be married to him, but yes, he is a wonderful coach. And I think that's a really great distinction. You know, therapy, we don't diagnose anyone as coaches. We we're, we're not going, it's not that we never talk about someone's past, but that's not our big, um, calling as coaches is to go in the past and heal something. In fact, we're trained you and I, and, and coach K and the rest of the coaches here at H2H to recognize when someone needs therapy and healing. And most of us have coaches and therapists here at H2H, um, but it really is present focused about transforming your life and moving forward and, and, and getting to know yourself versus healing something that, that is broken or not that you're broken, but you know, something that's happened that needs healing. It's a very, very important distinction. So you talked about, um, you know, not wanting to lose that creativity. And so you kind of started a journey when you started your coaching journey and where has that led you? And how do you, how do you think that kind of plays out with other trial attorneys? I think that, that they might find some resonance here. Uh, it, you know, I wanted to break up with the law way mm. before I met you. And I think a lot I, of people do. I, I, I did. And I, I got a piece of advice during that time period that was before you break up with the law, try it in a different way. And that, mm. that piece really resonated with me. And I was like, okay. And then that same day that I, I think that I got that advice for that same week, I met um, the, the now CEO of the last firm I was with. And she was like, Hey, you know, I used to do defense work. And I was like, Oh, really? And now you're a plaintiff's attorney. And she kind of you know, showed me, Hey, it's possible to come over here to this side. Let me show you. In fact, why don't you join my team? And so that was really the, the first step of me going, okay, I'm not going to give up on this thing. Like I've invested so much time and money and I still have my student loans to pay off. And, you know, I just have to stay here. I, I couldn't see another way out. And so I did plaintiff's work. I paid off all of my student loans in 2019, which was incredible. Uh, oh, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It was a really big accomplishment. And, and then I started having these feelings and thoughts bubble up again of just, you know, I'm not really satisfied. Like what else is here? Like, you know, and I started seeing just other things that were coming to light that I wanted to spend more time in. And, you know, we talk a lot about the zone of genius here and 
um, the big leap. And I just thought I'm not doing things that are really fulfilling. Like, eh, okay, I'm doing, yeah, I don't hate case. my life anymore, but I'm not like <laughs> super alive. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people, especially a lot of attorneys, they get into this thought where it's like, well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't not want this. What a great career this is. This is so incredibly yeah. amazing. Um, how dare I want to do something else? Like that's not, not to even mention the trap that you just said. I got all these loans. I put this much time into it. How embarrassing it is to leave. How can I even leave financially? I mean, it's a yeah. terrible spot to be in. It, it is a terrible spot. And it is something that, um, you know, a, I went to my mentors and I was like, hey, have you, did you ever question being being an attorney and mind you, these two mentors are one's a federal judge. And the other one was a former Nevada Supreme court justice. Like both of them were like, Nope. I was like, well, damn, like mm. I, I couldn't find people who felt the way that I felt or, they or were, were willing to talk about it or mm-hmm. were willing to talk about it. Exactly. And so it, it was one of those things where I think everything just kind of came at the right time. And I'm a firm believer that when the student's ready, the teachers appear. And same thing with like a book, if a book's coming mm-hmm. your way that you need to read, it's, it's because you're finally ready for those lessons. And so as, as I started doing the coaching stuff, I was still in that space of, you know, oh, okay, I don't know what's happening. I, I knew that I wasn't totally fulfilled with what I was doing. And I'd, I'd done certain things to try to like mitigate my caseload and reduce things down. And okay, I'm just going to focus on litigation because I hate claims and I'm just going to do these things. And really what helped me was the coaching aspect of it and realizing, hey, there, there's this whole other side of me that I have literally neglected. And it really had to do with this creativity and being a bit more of a performer and enjoying this. And that's kind of where all this trial work comes in. And as I've continued forward, I just realized, you know what, I'm, I've always done this. I've always listened to people. And when you introduce the levels of listening, it's like, oh yeah, no, I get that. And mm-hmm. here I am seeing, you know, my colleagues being like, we don't get it. I'm like, what do you mean? You don't get it. This is super easy. Uh, it's not super easy. It is something that you mm-hmm. have to practice, but for, I think, um, someone with a trauma background, like myself, and I know that you have that as well. It mm-hmm. is something that uh, it, it's hardwired in. It is hardwired in. It's part of your superpowers that you get, unfortunately, uh, through, through your life circumstances. And so as I've continued to go forward, I've just realized, you know what the law I'm very good at. I'm an excellent attorney. I could kill somebody in a 30 B six deposition. Like I love certain aspects of the law, but I don't think it's my forever home. And that's kind of where mm. I'm at right now. What advice would you give to trial attorneys listening right now who are like, oh my God, that's me. I hate my life and I can't get out. Uh, the big message that came to me last year about this time was that lawyering was a skill set and not an identity. Mm. And that paradigm shift for me shifted everything because Girl, it was no- yes. Mm-hmm. Even if you choose to stay in the law, that is a healthy, much healthier way of looking at it. So much healthier, so much better for my mental health. Um, and then just realizing that, hey, the next time there was a ruling on something, it wasn't I'm good or I'm bad because of the ruling. I was still a good person, regardless of what the ruling came out. And um, unfortunately, I think when you wrap up your entire identity in the law, you are subject to the ups and downs of all of your cases. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, we, we look at like, I'm going to mess this up because I'm not a sports person, but we look at LeBron James, right? I think that is an athlete, right? Um, yes. And, you know, he loses a game 
And we're not like, well, you should quit. You know, obviously you're not good at the, <laughs> it's like part of the deal. So the same can go with lawyering, but how does one know whether they're really ready to get out or they're just not doing the things that they can be doing. Some of the things we teach in HOH um, to enjoy their life more. Oh, that's a great, great, powerful question. And I think for me, it's this, I came back to the same spot of I'm not loving all of this, Mm -hmm. but the difference was I'd already given it this other shot. And I discovered that I don't actually have to do this. Uh, It is a skill that will go with me wherever I go. And I know this is going to sound completely crazy to your audience, but um, I passed the California bar and the Nevada bar, and I've been licensed to practice in both states. I just paid for my inactive dues for California. I just let that go um, as much as I can. I I don't know that I'm going to totally let it go yet, but (laughs) it's probably somewhere in my future. And I'm just going to stick with my Nevada license. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that's a part of why H2H, so many people are being drawn to it because they're hearing people come into H2H and going, oh my gosh, it's fun to, to practice law again. But I think the, the big thing is, is it's the coaching piece, which is what we're really talking about today is that that helps get you clear on all of it. When you become really intimately connected with who you are and your gifts and what you want to do and what you want to be, everything else falls into place. Yeah. And and I think there, not only does it all fall into place, but you get so much clarity. I think that's Mm -hmm. the biggest thing that you're getting with the mindset work of, yeah, you know what, I could continue to do this, but I, I know that the easiest solution for, you know, whatever I might be going through is to continue to be a lawyer. I know that that is the easy route. And Mm -hmm. I know we talk about it not being hard, but I also know that taking the leap into where I'm my best, that that is scary. And that that's, oh, the leap that's is hard for sure. That, that leap is hard, <laughs> which is a different space. It's a different head space. Yeah. To be in. And so I think either way, you're going to get so much clarity of your own purpose and what you need to be doing. I want to help people who want to help themselves. I want to mm-hmm. work with those people, not, you know, giving people these tools who don't actually want them. You're not my people. That's okay. That's all right. Well, well, that's the thing, you know, we just um, publicly announced our vision statement, and that is we transform trial or, or trial attorneys from hostage to hero. And at first, Christy was like, oh my gosh, can we make that promise? You know, they've got to do their work. And I said, well, that's the only way transformation happens, right? It's built in, right? It's like transformation won't happen unless they're willing to go and do the work. And it's, I wouldn't say it's hard work, but it, I mean, it can be to go in there and really be like, wow. I don't like my life. And I, this happened under my watch. And I think it's very normal and natural, but it's not something we love to look at. But once you do look at it, oh my gosh, the choice that arises out of that. I think so much of coaching is about bringing choice back. Yeah, right now it, people are thinking I either have to stay or I have to leave or, you know, they just feel like I have no choice. Mm-hmm. Coaching or, is or, choice. It does give you choice, but I think they also think, um, what am I going to do with this? This was a waste of time. No, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. You needed nothing to learn. was a waste. Nothing. Absolutely. You needed to learn all of the things that you learned in the law for whatever the next phase is of your life. I don't know what that I, is. I but... have two advanced degrees in music. Mm-hmm. Come on now. I'm, you know, right. I mean, I spent a lot of time and money learning how to play a piano and teaching people how to play a piano. I don't do that anymore. I don't see that as a waste at all. Now I didn't spend as much as y'all did on, on your law degrees, but 
wow. I mean, that is so, I wouldn't have met my mentor who wouldn't have connected me to my nonverbal coach that then got me started there. That got me, you know, just everything happened for a reason. So I think that's so huge, Sidia, is that there's a story they're carrying around. Like this is like, this is a waste, right? So it's like waiting for the bus. You know, you wait 40 minutes and it's late and you're like, but I've waited 40 minutes already. And so you wait an hour and they're like, well, I can't leave now. I've already waited for an hour, right? You just keep doing the same thing. Cause you don't want to like lose what you've invested. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what do you do in the H2H community for people who might join us in April and see oh. you in there? Well, I, the thing I do on a very consistent basis is every Tuesday, I lead our non-verdict victory Tuesdays, which I'm always really excited to do because that just gets me on camera. And whether I have makeup on or not, it doesn't matter. We're there to celebrate whatever non-verdict victories people have, right? And that's like, so what does that mean a non-verdict victory? What does that mean? That means the victories that you have all the time in life, because mm-hmm. we don't celebrate just going to trial and getting a verdict. It's, that's hey, right. you went to trial that's fantastic. That's a victory in and of itself. And you're not tied to the results. And I think that uh, in the trial world and in the legal world, everybody wants to know what your last win was. Well, yeah, Mm -hmm. I want to know what your last win was in life. And that's really what we're talking about with these non-verdict victory Tuesdays. Um, The thing I'm so excited about that I do feel is completely in my zone of genius is uh, the mindset mastery work that we're doing, the small group coaching. Mm, yes. That is incredible. I got to tell you, after our first coaching call, I rode that high for like five days of just, <laughs> just, oh, just being in that space where we're able to teach, give perspective and help people who really want to work on their mindset, want to work on rewiring their brain. And it, it was just such a gift to be in that space. So that's the other thing that I do. I, I help out with coaching. Um, so I'm the second coach on the team, a mindset coach. Yeah. You don't, you don't help out. You are yeah, a coach. I am. Yes. I and am. so, so what city is talking about is our mindset mastery program. When you join the H2H community, you have additional opportunities. If you want to go deeper into the method, we have two path to mastery tracks. One is a mindset track, which just started in January and our city is going to be offering it again, along with another coach um, in July. And then we have our skills track, which will start in April. And then again, in October, so she's co-leading that with coach K and then you have a new event in the H2H community that you're going to be helming here coming up next yes. week. Yes. Yes. We've got the ladies lounge. I'm so excited about that. Just a space for the female trial attorneys to get together and discuss some of the mindset things that might be bothering them that sometimes it's, it's a little bit harder to share space with your male colleagues because um, we love you guys, but you know, there's a lot more of you than there are of us. And so we wanted to make sure we'd carved out some And they space. can be a doink from time to mm-hmm. time. So yeah, you know, <laughs> we love you, but you're a doink from time to time. Um, so let's talk about that. You know, what do you think uh, you, the female trial attorneys are up against you being one of them? And particularly for you, you're also, you know, first generation. Um, and so there's some challenges there as well. Tell They're, us a little bit about your background. Yeah, so I'm I'm first generation. I'm the first uh, attorney in my family and the first one on my mom's side to go to school in the United States. We're from Central America. And so I didn't know a single lawyer until I went to law school. Like that was wow. my first experience. I have a dear friend of mine who also is Latina and she didn't know that a tort 
was not a tortilla. It was not short for that. Like there are certain mm. things that we just didn't know. It may, mm-hmm. might be our first office jobs. Uh, we're not, we're not legacy kids. We don't have our mom and dad as a judge or, you know, mom's friend is a law partner and got me a law firm clerking job. Like we don't have any of that kind of stuff. And so I think that uh, that presents its own kind of uh, challenges, if you will, in that For space. Sure. But I think the other thing that happened is, you know, you graduate in your mid twenties and you're female, Latina, and you look young. So mm. I would, I would get so many times people being like, are you the court reporter? Are you, are you the plaintiff? Are you, are you these people? I mean, I, luckily I didn't do criminal work. Otherwise I'm sure I would have been confused as the defendant as well, which is also another mm. microaggression that happens. And mm-hmm. so there are, um, you know, I think the biggest challenge for female trial attorneys is this idea that you have to completely be masculine to be in the law field. I don't think you do. Mm. I, th- I think you'd really do have to try to balance out your feminine and masculine energies. Um, and it wasn't until COVID hit that, it, and we started wearing masks that I actually started wearing fun lipsticks, which everybody knows me for. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there is, I mean, we all have, you know, you've heard me talk about this. It's like all trial attorney women have always don't wear the red dress, right. Or the red blazer, the whatever at trial. It's like, there's so many rules that unspoken rules in some cases of what it, you have to be if you're a woman in this field. And I can't even imagine as, as minority or a person of color, the, the different things. Um, what can you offer there then to, to our members or to our listeners in terms of if someone's listening who is a woman of color and new to maybe lawyering as a, as a woman? What, what could you offer there? You need to take up the space. Take up all of the space. It, you don't need to make yourself any smaller. And whatever space that you are in, um, you are not better because you are there. Rather, that space is better and more enhanced because you're there. Absolutely. Yeah. And you don't need to earn shit. I think that's the other thing. It's like we, we're waiting. I don't know what we're waiting for. We're going to keep waiting for it because nobody really knows how to define when they're quote unquote ready. I love um, Christian Morris posted this in the from hostage to hero Facebook group the other day. She said, ready is a feeling, not uh, or a decision, not a feeling. I just loved that. I'm gonna do a whole podcast on that. It's so true. It's like, you're there and you deserve to be there because you decide that you decide that shit, not anybody else. It, Cause there's so many things that we offer. We offer a different point of view, uh, language skills. Yeah. You might know the Spanish language, but I can tell you, I connected much better with my Spanish clients than anybody else who did it as a second language, because Absolutely. there was, there was just respect. There was a certain level of deference because, uh, they see, and they go, wow, you're, you're actually like my lawyer. You're not the assistant. It's like, no, I'm actually your lawyer. And there's, there's just this whole other level that goes into it and connection. So it is important to have us there. I think for female attorneys as well to, to be in those spaces and yeah, it can be a really hard profession. I get it. I completely get it, but stick it out. If you know, if you can for as long as you can and figure out what it is that makes you want to get up in the morning and continue to do this work because it is important work. And I do think that we need to have more people in it uh, rather than out of it. 
Mm-hmm. Especially people who are working on their mindset. Well, yes. if you want to work with Cydia, you're going to have to join the crew in April is our next opening. So mark your calendars. You can go to from hostage to hero.com and get on the wait list. And then once you join, you have opportunities to work with Cydia, both in the crew and then in the mindset mastery program until then Cydia, tell our listeners how they can spend some more time with you. You have two podcasts. Is that right? I do. I have my Pivotal Moments podcast, which is a podcast about living a more empowering life with intention, meaning, and purpose. I do that one with uh, my best friend, Melissa Robina, who's the COO of the Center for Appreciative Inquiry. Uh, So it's all positive intelligence type stuff and um, positive psychology, I should say. And then I have a podcast that is for lawyers who are transitioning to either a more fulfilling practice area or for students who want to see the wide range of work that you can do with the JD. It's called Lawyered with Cydia. You can also catch a lot of my hijinks on uh, TikTok. I am an avid TikTok user and it's not just a lawyer underscore Cydia. Great. We'll put all of that in the show notes as well. Well, thank you so much for being with us. We're so thrilled that you've joined the H2H team and that you're a faculty member for H2H crew. And again, we, we just love you and we love, we still can't figure out how exactly you got to us, but it was all meant to be. And so we're so glad you're here. Uh, same. I am so incredibly grateful to be here and to be on this path with you guys. Thank you. Wonderful. All righty. Well, thanks for listening and we'll see all of you next week. Thanks for joining me today. If you benefited from what we talked about or just want to let me know you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and leave me a review on whichever platform you use to listen to From Hostage to Hero. Add a comment and I just might give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. In the meantime, head over to fromhostagetohero.com to order your copy of my book, From Hostage to Hero, Captivate the Jury by Setting Them Free. And to get on my mailing list, I send out trial tips and encouragement right to your inbox every single week. And while you're there, make sure you join the waitlist to become an H2H crew member when we reopen. We only open a few times each year and you do not want to miss out. I look forward to our time together in next week's episode. Talk then.